podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to the JMS Boxing Podcast with me, John. I'm Sam. And today we have got someone we've been trying to get on for a while, uh, Zeki Hussain. How's, how's it going? Not bad. Yeah, um, thank you for joining us. Obviously, early in the morning, I've got everyone out of bed. Sam, don't look happy. <laughs> nice early start for uh, for us today. Talk about your boxing career. You got a massive passion for boxing as well. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just sort of going about your life in and around it. Uh, I'll strip it all back. How did you start in boxing? I think I very much got a uh, typical boxing background in the sense of same old story as everyone else. Um, went into boxing at a young age to stop being bullied, I suppose, or before I got bullied. My dad, I was really skinny and small. See, foreign background. I think my dad knew that I was going to have a bit of trouble at school. So yeah, he just sort of pushed me into boxing and um, he found St Mary's. I think he was talking to someone in a local pub, funny enough, and um, he come home and he said to me about boxing. So I always used to sit up at night and watch it with my dad and um, he said about going down to St Mary's, yeah. So that's basically it. Yeah, St Mary's, Mary's Chatham. Yeah. Who was the trainers there? Um, at the time, it was Fred Dudlow, um, absolute legend. Um, Charlie Rumble, um, who else was there? fella called Rob, I can't... He actually cornered me for the first, I don't know, eight or nine fights, I think. I can't remember his second name. But, yeah. How old was you when you first went? I think I was eight when I first went, but you couldn't box until you was ten. So I had two years of just, like, training, yeah. Obviously not, you know, you start for, you know, the lower classes. So, yeah, a little bit of a time on the weekends and stuff. And, yeah, and then by the time I was 11, literally as soon as I was old enough to box, I was out... Um, on a show, yeah. So the um, would you say that like you hit the passion for it relatively early on, or did um, it come quite hard? No, actually, I hated it at first. I really did hate it. Um, I remember, funny, I was actually telling someone this the other day because they're like, they look on the outside and they're like, you, it's like you love getting punched in the face, and I'm like, I absolutely hate <laughs> it. it. Like it, people think it's that weird, you, it? it hurts. I mean, if yeah. you think that. Yeah, it's just crazy. But I remember being really young and like, this is this is another thing I speak about quite a lot. When I was on the England boxing course um, not long ago, they asked me about like my sort of desires to be a to be a coach and stuff. And it was like, I can't speak highly enough of Charlie Rumble Senior because I remember times like sparring and I'd come out and I'd be like, I'd go in the changing room and, you know, I wouldn't want anyone to see, but I'd be in the changing room like crying. Do you know what I mean, I'd yeah. been hurt by someone. And then I'd come back out and Charlie would look at me and he'd have such a look on his face and he'd give me a big cuddle and he'd give me a kiss and he'd be like, you're going to be a champ. And then all of a sudden, all these, like, the pain went away. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, the punch didn't hurt anymore. And it yeah. was like, I couldn't wait to get back there. And I think it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? You know, you can have an Olympic boxer walk in your gym every day, but it's how you nurture and bring them on. And I really do think that's true. Cause... I, think, I think it's difficult, especially in boxing, because you are, you'll go back into the changing rooms, then you get left on your own. Then you're in your own sort of head sometimes, yeah. and you're like, oh, I, like you, you may think that, that sparring for the instance, you may think, oh, it's not gone well, but other people have actually viewed yeah, it as gone right, quite yeah. well. Yeah. But because you've been hit and you're like, oh, I feel like I've been hit too many times. Yeah. Then yeah, and obviously it is a child's mind as well, isn't it? You know, yeah, you're true. Talking about yeah, when I'm like ten, eleven, twelves, like you don't. Really... No one likes getting it. No, age. no. But you know, I think it really did encourage me. And then over the time, I think you then as you get better, and yeah, I think you get a bit of a accustomed to getting punched a little bit more, and <laughs> it, it doesn't become easier. So you started your first fight was at eleven. Yeah, where was where was that? Um, that was St George's Hotel in Rochester, is Chatham. Yeah. Um, is it New Road? Yeah, it, down the yeah. yeah. Was Smoke it a <laughs> um, basement room like, like a local gym show? Kind of no, thing. yeah. Well, it would have been a lo- it would have been a local gym show. I think it would have been a St Mary's home show. But yeah, it was just along New Road, a hotel. Yeah, just go around the back, get carded in. up then, and then. Yeah, start off smoking was still allowed then. So you walk, <laughs> you walk out of the uh, changing rooms. How old are you? I'm 37 now. 37? Fucking hell! Don't so, look yeah, 37. I'll, I'll say. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I was going to say my paint round's been fucking hard. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Before you had your first fight, did you want to jump in? Was it? Oh, sure? I couldn't wait by this point mm, to get carded up and then. Yeah, and to be honest, my dad played a big factor in in my boxing because. As sad as it sounds, I I was never really academically that 
you know, and my sisters, like, they always seem to get his attention through school and stuff. And it was like, the only way I could really, well, it's wrong because this isn't true, but at the time, that's how I felt. Yeah, like, the only way I could really get his attention, like, my dad's got, he's real old school, my dad, like, mm. you know, he's the sort of fella that, if me and you was arguing and we went outside to have a fight, if I was beating you, it doesn't matter that I'm, he's my dad. As long as we was fighting fair, he'd be like, go on, Sam, get on your jab. Like, he's, he's <laughs> yeah. you on. So my dad's a real old school sort of character. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, he just loved, he, my old man loved it. And it was like, I could see how much it meant to him. So, yeah, it was just, I really couldn't wait to get in there and, you know, sort of. And then, so you're saying that, uh, like, you've done it to fight, obviously now it's yeah, yeah. different, doing it to fight for his attention. Did it? Would you said your love in boxing has come through that or did you hate it then but because you were trying to find... I just it. feel like there were so many factors, like I said, the Charlie Rumble factor, like, and then, like, my dad, and then, like I said, you just, you do, and then, and then it changes as you get older because you turn into, like, a bit of a, um, is it an alter ego or whatever it is, you know? Mm. It's like, you're Zeki Usain, the boxer, sort yeah. of, like, and then it sort of, that sort of carries you on a little bit, like, you sort of find a personality amongst it. And, yeah. So the um, you carry on training. Uh, do yeah. you end up in like because you said you were doing the England stuff? Did yeah. you how like how did it carry on? Did you? Um, well, I mean, I had my first one. I won that. Then I think I lost one. And then I had a bit of a run. I think I didn't lose for the rest of the season, but um, I got put into the schools. But I think I'd had like four and one lost one and one four, and I got put into the schoolboys um, and. I come up in the schools against Levi Eggy, which is another local lad, at the opposing gym to us, which was Golden Gloves, and there was a massive, yeah. massive rivalry there. And uh, that was, I think, the first time I'd really had any sort of pressure on me, like, going into the ring, because it was like, you can't lose this, or we're fighting, you know. And there was a bit of a hype around him, because he was so strong, and, you know, and, yeah, I went in, and I ended up winning that fight, and I went on to win the schoolboys that year. And it just, yeah, it just sort of took off a little bit from there. Um, I went on a bit of a roll. Like I said, I, I didn't lose again for a while. Um, this was, I mean, I was so tiny as a kid. I mean, I was even tiny as, I'm not a big adult, but I think it was like 38 kilos or something. Oh, bloody yeah. hell, I think my left leg's right, 38 kilos. I was like 14 years old at 38 kilos, <laughs> I was tiny. Yeah, so um, you one that you win the schoolboys. Yeah. Do you then go on to the ABAs or no? Um, then the next year I end up boxing in the schoolboys again because obviously you got I think it's three years in the schoolboys. Um, and I lose in the first round right. to another Golden Gloves boy called Bomber. I can't actually remember his name. Um, I lose to Bomber in the first round. Um, and like a child, where I'd lost. For the first time in the season, I think I'd had like 12, 13 bouts at this point, 14 bouts, and I'd won them all. Um, I just rebelled and I just decided I was had enough of boxing. But just stopped? Yeah, just stopped. So this was, would have been 14, so you just 15. stopped? 15. But yeah, cause it, so at that, you'd have had four or five years of training. Yeah. Well, no, it would have been six, seven, yes, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, and then that, because people that don't box don't understand the work that yeah, you have to put training. in. And it's uh, you're on your own as well, yeah. so you stop, like because it's just because of the loss or just yeah. I think it was just all... like yeah. I think the years of training and I look back on it now, and consistency was always my biggest downfall. Um, even at this point now, I don't feel like I was necessarily had my head in it. You know, you get into that sort of age where you're at secondary school, all your mates are like you're fifteen, sixteen years old, all your mates are starting to sort of go out and. You know, under 18s, Excaliburs yes. or whatever it is. Yeah, Excaliburs, yeah. bloody hell. Yeah, no, sorry, I really have shouted me out. You know? yeah, I'm not that I... much younger than you. Fuck, man. Yeah, I think there was just a lot of distractions. Um, so, yeah, for whatever reason, I come out of the gym and stopped, stopped boxing. But I think I went back and had another spell. Um, in fact, I did. I think I was out of the gym for about six, seven months and then I decided to go back. And um, I ended up boxing the person that won the schoolboys the year before at the, at the weight above me. We ended up having that on the gym, on the home show. So I think I must have had another three or four fights, I think, that season. Because um, I actually stopped when I was 16. Um, and they give, me the, they give me the win in the ring 
Um, his name was Daryl Hunter. He was out of Eltham. Good boy um, for our age. Like I said he won the schoolboys. I think two years running. But um, they give me the, they give me the decision in the ring, and about two hours after, they've come to the changing room and said there's been a mistake for whatever reason, and mm. come and made me get back oh. in the ring. And imagine being this young, right, and having to yeah. go through this. Yeah, going in the ring and had to give my, uh, my trophy back and stuff. And I think that was it. That was just like my my moment where I just right. went, I've had enough of this. I mm. remember lots of arguments about a lot of different things being said. A lot of politics yeah, involved. Yeah, The um Would you have said at the time that break, that six-month break helped though, or...? Um, or do you think it hindered you? Did you think, you know, oh, like you go, at, like, once you jump back in, you sort of get back to swing things, you'd be like, oh, guy Scalibur's yeah. like. You know? I think I'd always, I think even I'd gone back, I think I'd always, I think I was only just looking for another excuse to stop again anyway. And uh, that, the next loss just sort of, that was it for me. It was like. A win slash loss. Yeah, win slash loss. It was a really weird, I mean, I've still got the DVD indoors, and on the DVD, it shows me winning. But obviously, mm, I didn't yeah. actually win, but. Yeah, that's a especially as a, imagine like fifteen year old, you're like mm. to get in. You're still young, ain't you? You still you sort of hitting that, and then just getting absolutely fucked over yeah. by the sounds of it. Well, that's how I felt. But so you stop at sixteen. Yeah, totally walk away. Do not do anything with boxing. Um, do the typical stuff that you do as a youngster, <laughs> getting into trouble. You know, um, just roaming the streets of Gillingham as a little <laughs> reprobate that I was. Um, and then, yeah, I've, a few years out, um, I end up getting with my um, my kid's mum. She falls pregnant. I think I was 18, 19. And um, it's really weird because I was just sitting in the, in the hospital waiting, like, in the waiting room. I, I think she'd gone for a checkup or something. And Charlie Rumble walks in. And I'm just like, you're right, Charlie. You know, it's a big embrace. Yeah. You know, he's been a massive factor in my life. And we embrace and we just get talking. And I'm like... Oh, I wish I'd never turned my back on boxing. Naively, I felt that I was too old, like, because... Yeah. It's... So I was like, oh, I'm too old. And he was like, no, you're not too old. What are you going on about? Like, you know, you don't think that... You feel that you are, because, you know, at that age, you feel like a big adult, didn't you? You know, 19 years old. Yeah, and he just he just said to me, I'm, um, I've moved from St Mary's, I've moved to Sittingbourne, I'm boxing, um, I'm currently coaching out of a little club, out of a little hall in Kelmsley, in Sittingbourne. He said, why don't you pop over? And it was just the the perfect excuse I needed, you know. I'd settled back down again, like I said, I was having a kid, and um, that bloody sobers you up very quickly. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, I so, don't think whatever. Sorry, I don't think whatever age you are when you're like eighteen or even older, like when you have your like your first born, you're like, oh shit, I've got to be yeah. a fucking adult here. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? So good. Which was. Um, yeah, a bit of a change for me because mm. at that time I was very much far from an adult until <laughs> until I'd had a daughter. Um, but yeah, I ended up jump, grabbing the opportunity with both hands, um, which was good for me because I really did at that point in my life. I feel like the boxing coming back in and me having a kid was exactly what I needed because, like, like I said, I really was going down the wrong path. Sort of landed in jail and stuff, and you know, for fighting on the streets. So like, I was really, once I, I was out of control, but I was out of control. Getting so, there, yeah. Yeah, it just come at the right time. It was like all the stars have aligned, and yeah, well, I ended up. I just grabbed it both hands, ended up going straight back down there, and um, I think within a couple of months, I was back, you know, back medical and boxing again, like that. that back on me. as an amateur again. Yeah, as an amateur, as a senior. Um, I think I had another ten bouts for Charlie as a senior. Just doing like. To home, like not home shows. Um, yeah, like just sort of doing gym shows. Gym shows again, and... like because the inconsistency had been so much. Like right? when you when you turn um, for, from a junior to a senior, there's a massive difference, you know. And I'd had you know another five years out of the ring by this point, so um, went back as a senior. I think under twenties, under twenty bout, but you don't necessarily have to um, declare your junior like right, history okay. as such because it'd been like such a layoff and. But yeah, I went in under twenties, spaces under twenty novice. Um so yeah, well, I I think like my first or second fight back was straight back into the championships, which was the under twenty novices. Um again, I think I'd Is that ABAs now or is yeah, that there? Yeah. Um I got through a few rounds and then ended up losing. Um I should have won them. Right. I should have won them. But I think I'd stopped a few people on the way. Um I'd won a box cup as well. Um, one gold in a box cup, knocked the geezer out in the final. 
Um, me and Dan would go, give Dan would go, little shout out now. We always talk about <laughs> why he reckons he's one of the best knockouts he's ever seen. I think his knockout, that you know, one of his knockouts is, but yeah. We've spoke about his knockout. I've yeah, seen that. his yeah. knockout was tremendous. But yeah, I always like laugh because you can pause my video at one point and the geezer's like mid-air, like laid completely flat. Like You'd have to send it over. I'd yeah, have to put it out on the socials. Um, yeah, so I knocked the geezer out and I think I just sort of took my foot off the gas a little bit because I punched hard for my weight and... What weight are you at this point? I was 60 kilo at this right, point, okay. which is still like really light. And I think it's nine stone nine or something, I think. Yeah, I believe it is, yeah. Um, so I think I just took my foot off the gas a little bit and I, I just thought I was going to breeze the under, uh, like the under 20s. And I ended up getting beat by quite a strong lad. But yeah, and um, that was again the end of that for a while. Right, okay. So the, um, you... Once you've done that, then you've lost. Is it? Do you think that you feel like it was a setback, or I think I was really disappointed in myself because I always say, like, you know, I'm a coach now at St Mary's, and um, I've done a little bit of coaching over the years, and there's nothing worse than losing to someone because you're not fit. If you lose to someone because they're better than you, like that's fine, you know. There's there's no shame in that, but I feel like that loss out of all of them was like. I just took me off the ball and it should have been the one out of all of them where I'd really worked hard because it was the championships. But like I said, I'd, I'd gone on a bit of a row again and um, I think my mindset is my, always been my biggest downfall. So I, I don't think I was training as hard as I should have done. Um, by this point, I think I, I was working and stuff and it's, it's always comes a little it's bit It's hard when you, you, you speak to, we, we speak to like Martin Hillman, Louis Green, like yeah. all of these lads that are still out there, work, still yeah. full-time working, like, and you, it's unbelievable dedication, getting up in like yeah. five in the morning, going for the run, Every working morning, yeah. in the gym after. And that, was that what you were doing as well? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> my usual, especially when I turn pro, it's like my normal day would be like up at four o'clock in the morning and you're like going running and um, do a five-mile run, then you straight, you know, straight in the shower, straight to work. Then you're coming home, excuse me, and um, straight to the gym. And I remember when I was training over Sittingbourne, for example, like I'm from Chillingham, or when I was training over Sheerness, you know, you get driving half hour just to get to the gym. Mm. Then you train, you don't finish training until half eight, nine o'clock. Then you're driving back, you're not getting home till half nine, ten o'clock. By the time you've had a bit to eat and, a, and another shower, you know, you're talking, it's like 10, 11 o'clock yeah, at night. Trying to diffuse, and, and then you're, yeah. back, you're back at, up at four in the morning. So you stop at this point. When yeah. do you restart? So um, you're what are you nineteen twenty now? Um, I think yes, I'm about twenty twenty one. I think actually because yeah, trying to put a timeline on it. Yeah, and I come away from it four years again. So again, inconsistency. Um, do you think you're just trying to work? Maybe you've burnt out because of the four o'clock in. I the- just think yeah, like it's just you know, I've got kids now, and I think my just like I was looking in a different direction. Um, but then just just like bug I can't get away from it so I can go a little while and then I think I don't think that time I actually planned to walk away though it was more just like it just fell out of it yeah just fell out of mm. it and then yeah I, I, I just stopped again and then Charlie ended up moving and opening his own gym in, in Sittingbourne in the Eurolink Industrial Estate and I think I just went over to see him and I just again fell in love with it but, <laughs> but this time I was like I want to turn pro and it was a bit like, are you sure? Like, you're mad. Like, you've had four years out. And I was like, no, I want to turn pro. I want to turn pro. So Charlie was like, yeah, no problem. I think he wanted me to have a couple of amateur fights. Like, again, just get back in the, like, in the swing of things. And I think he was looking at a few people. And for whatever reason, it just it, it didn't happen. So um, yeah, I ended up just jumping straight into the pro game. How did you start the pro game? Who did you start the pro game with then? Charlie or...? Yeah, I was being trained by, um, I was actually getting trained by Charlie Rumble Jr. by this point. Yeah. Um, he'd sort of took over that role. Um, Charlie Senior, you know, he, he was all about the, the kids. You know, he, he loves bringing the kids through and he's yeah. got such an addictive personality. I think that is where his skill set is as well. Um, so, yeah, Charlie Rumble Jr. started uh, training me and I'd signed with um, a woman called Miranda Carter. I think she had a promotion called Left Jab Promotions. She used to do a boxing show on a, on a uh, Sunday afternoon, which was exactly the reason why I'd, I'd turned over with her because my dad, he was always a market trader and uh, Saturdays were 
a no-go for him. Mm. You know, he's up 2am and didn't get home till like 8, 9 o'clock at night. So I, d- I just didn't want to box on a Friday or a Saturday because my old man wouldn't have been able to be there. Yeah. So she, done a, she always done a Sunday show. She's still about or...? I don't think she is, no. I don't think she is. I think she stepped away from it. COVID, probably. I'm you not see sure a lot of COVID. Oh, okay. But she, I mean, she had quite... I look at quite a lot of the people that were boxing on them shows. I think, like, Lerone Richards, I think he boxed on the same show as as um, my pro debut. Um, Danny Cassius Connor, I think he was another one, like, them sort of boxers. Yeah, so they weren't bad shows for, look, this, yeah. know, for the standard that we were boxing at. So who was your first fight against? Um, Lee Love. Gibbons I boxed for uh, boxed against and I lost that I lost uh, that pro fight ticket yeah. seller or no he wasn't but was I you mean, yeah I was yeah yeah and to be I did I did a right on tickets so I quite not yeah. not hard was it hard because we always it's always about, hard yeah <laughs> it's always hard you you know you're almost putting a ball and chain around someone's mm. ankle as soon as they say they're uh, they're buying the ticket it's like you're pulling a contract out but when you pay me, you know, pushing yeah. the ticket, on, take the ticket, take the ticket, like pay me. As soon as the tickets are out, the tickets are out. Because people, people don't. Oh well, I think we've we've hammered the uh, the. You have to pay for the house. You have to pay for the opponent, and then you, you, before you even start getting paid. Yeah, and I mean, when you say getting paid, you don't really get paid. Yeah, either. exactly. Yeah, by the time you sort of put your um, nutritional costs in, by the time you work out how much you've spent getting to training, management costs, management costs. Yeah. Um, you know, even you write your fight where you're training stuff, like you'll be very lucky to break even. Yeah, I can. So you, where where was that first fight? Um, York Hall. York Hall. Okay, so so you know, up at the mecca of boxing. How did you find York Hall? Or you, um, I always remember that moment. Um, I was talking to Big Tom Dallas about it, actually. Um, after I lost that fight, I remember I see him somewhere randomly, and he was like, "Hey, what happened? Like, what happened?" And I was like, "Tom." I was like, it's like the weirdest thing. It was like, I went out there. I was like, felt amazing. You know, felt amazing. Campered, you know, gone brilliantly. I felt as fit as ever. I was doing good long rounds with good boxers and um, the sparring was perfect. And I just went out and it was just like, I remember the moment they called my name, it was just like, I sort of stood back and I looked around and I was just like, boom, my legs just turned to jelly. And it was like... They'd like the adrenaline done. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, you choose to be there. So it's not yeah, like yeah. it's not like my arsehole fell out because I want to be there. You know, mm. it's like well, I think you, it's just it's the not... occasion. Like I've said this before a few times as well. As an amateur, you turn up in the gym Monday and your coach is like, "Well, are you boxing Friday?" There's none of this like, "Oh, who or yeah. when or why or have you got a video of him?" It's just like you turn up and it's fine. You, I'm boxing Friday. You just turn up. There's no game plan. You just you you got your skill set. That's what your skill set is. You turn up, you box, you box to the best of your abilities, and if you win, you win. You know, I was lucky. I only lost four amateur fights. Uh, Twenty-seven lost four was was a bad, you know. But when I just turned up, and it was just such a different environment, like selling all these tickets, it was uh, there was a lot more different pressure. Um, yeah, it's also people above you and they're on top of you. Exactly. I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even say it like say about your arsehole falling out. I wouldn't even say that because you're stepping in the ring anyway. When you go there, like <coughs> if you haven't made that walk, I don't think you understand when everyone's there and you're yeah. just yeah. screaming at and you. We had a couple like, of other local fuck. lads um, boxing on the show as well that we actually trained with, like Ricky Leach at the time. Yeah. He was um he wasn't um a journeyman per se at that point mm. he'd actually gone into to be a boxer and um, Jake Spring yes as well he boxed and obviously we was all sort of knocking around the same sort of gyms at the time mm. so it was more like although I had a hundred fans it was like I also had his hundred fans yeah. and his hundred fans yeah, yeah. so it really was honestly like the, on the commentary they say Zex sold a lot of tickets here and it was it was just like the noise was unbelievable and like I said I just remember looking around and just thinking wow like what what is it what's happened you know mm. and I look across the ring and the geezer were stood across the ring from me for whatever reason um, I think I come in a super featherweight because I'd missed weight I'd actually come in underweight and he'd come in like the top end of the next weight because he right. actually boxed at the weight above so there was like almost two weights between us and it's like when you watch it, so like you can see even through YouTube, like this geezer's like, you know, he's a big fella compared to me. 
And uh, yeah, he, he let's say he he wasn't messing around. He d- definitely didn't come. Was he to, a journeyman though, or not in a typical sense? No. He was so on your the first fight. I was going to say yeah, your yeah. first fight. I always remember Joe L D ringing me the day before, going, like, <laughs> "Why on earth?" I was going to try and do the Joe Grant Dennis. Uh, <laughs> I was going to try and do the Grant Dennis uh, impression, <laughs> but I can't do it. Um, <laughs> just end up sounding Indian or saying, "Yeah, he rang me up." <laughs> He rang me up the day before and he went, Zach, what are you doing? He went, you shouldn't be boxing this kid. Like, so I think they're from the same sort of area. Yeah. And he's like, this kid's a good kid, you know, Zach. He's like, for your first profile, you've had four years out, you shouldn't be boxing this kid. And I'm like, <laughs> I as much as it helped me, call, yeah. it was almost like, cheers, Joe. Cheers, like, really mate. needed this. Like, um, I could imagine the phone call as well. Yeah. What are you doing, Zach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With that Tony accent. Yeah, so, no, but he, he really come and, um, yeah, he won't come until like, to, to, well, I think, this is, it tells you the state of boxing. Um, I think my opponent had had five, won three and lost two, I believe, at the time. So he had a winning record. But he had more wins yeah. than every other like fighter put together on that show. So all the other away fighters, you put them all together, he had more wins and, and that tells you the state of boxing. Yeah, yeah. Do you not say anything to the promoter or anything? Because you, you, you've got to build a career. That yeah. like The journeyman side of it is to build your career as yeah, a pro. I've always been a little bit arrogant. Oh, fair enough. Like, oh, fair I enough. I really did like, <laughs> and again, this is an arrogant thing. I'm massively underachieved in boxing. Oh. Like massively, like through my inconsistencies, I'm massively, and I lost, and there's no excuse for that. But, he shouldn't have beat me. Yeah, fair no, enough. No, I'm levels above him. He was a good fighter, but he weren't. I was a much better boxer than him. Um, I actually think I was a little bit hard done, but I think that I deserved at least a draw, if not a win. Like I said, I'll come back to the corner after the third and Bill Rumble, who by this point took over um, coaching me. He was saying to me, Zek, like, you're Love winning Rumble. this fight. You're winning this fight. Just, you know, don't go out. Don't do anything stupid. Stay on your feet. You've won this fight. That's how I felt. I felt that I'd won the fight. Thought I'd pick the cleaner punches and, you know, he always laughs the fella saying I put about three inches on his neck because some of the uppercuts I hit him with for like, <laughs> he's, um, he would have, you know, in the amateur game, he'd definitely been a few standing counts. Um, but yeah, we come, he come and he put it all on the line on an, on an, on an away show and he won. So I say, you say about like being arrogant. I think you have to, especially in boxing. I think you have to have it because if you don't, You've got to believe in your own ability because sure, other people won't. Other people try and put like yeah. You, you see it like I know Twitter's like the cesspool of fucking just shit. But anyone that boxes and you just see the polarizing opinions of like yeah. everything. It's like assholes. Everyone's got one. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. Um. So you then went to your second fight. No, then I have another four years. Oh right. Okay. Okay. Oh. I know. Yeah. So I then I'm in a car accident. And right. uh, I break my collarbone. So I have like, I think about 18 months out. Um, so these, the car action's got, so the boxing's got nothing to do with you dropping out? No, no, no. I was still, I was still, you know, fully on board. I still, but at this point it was like, now it's like, I've got something to prove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had one profile and I've lost it. And like I said, I'm still arrogant enough. And, you know, I've done a lot in boxing. Like I said, one box cups and I've boxed some good kids over the years. And, um, I can't, I can't have one profile and lose one profile and walk away. Like, you know, that's, it's, it can't happen. But yeah, I, I ended up having a car accident, breaking my collarbone. And I decided that I was going to start playing football, which I'd never done before. Um, and just as I'd like sort of recovered and started thinking about getting punched again, I got tackled and I fall and break my other collarbone. Uh, <laughs> holy shit. Yeah. Again, another interview I've done with Dan Woodgate, he says to me, maybe I should have changed my name to Lucky because <laughs> that, by this point, this is exactly how it felt. It was like everything was going against me. So then I have another 18 months out because, you know, a collarbone's a really sort of hard one when yeah. it comes to boxing. Mm. But yeah, okay, the break might only take, I don't know, 12 weeks to heal. But all the muscle. But all the muscle. Yeah. And by that, I think I'd done my um, rotator cuffs because I was getting all sorts of clicking noises and all sorts. So, yeah, it takes me another four years before I end up getting back in the ring again. Yeah, slightly different though. So about inconsistencies. Obviously, you justify yeah. you dropping out. But this one, I think, potentially is not your fault. Yeah, yeah. But, again, by the, by the time I broke my collarbone the second time, I, I was ready to just, that was it. Like, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, I've lost to pro fire. I was happy. Because I've always been happy, like, at the end of the day, I turned pro. Mm. If I'd have walked away with one loss, 
at the end of the day, like, it's still a great achievement for me. Like, my dream was to be a professional boxer and box at York Hall. Whether I win or whether I lose, but at this point, it doesn't really matter. Like, I've got my kids, I've got my family, mm. like, I've got my working life. I'm not, I've, like, the arrogance is washing away a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Like, from, I think it comes with maturity and age. Like, yeah, the arrogance was sort of washing away a little bit. And I, I just thought, if I don't box again, I don't box again. So how did this second part come about? Because I imagine now you're not with... No, I'm not, no, I've moved away from the Rumbles again. Right. For whatever reason. And the promoter as well. And the promoter, yeah. I was, um, um, I was, yeah, free agent or whatever, as, you, as so to speak. And um, I've, I've went for a little bit of a bad patch. I um, got alopecia. I'd lost all my hair. I was uh, going for a bit of a, I call it an episode in my life. I was, you know... Um, and I felt I got talking to Joe again and Joe was like you know why don't you come back to the gym and I was saying right I need a fresh start and um, whilst he's bringing the Kent scene yeah, for them, yeah, them yeah. few years that- I have to say like mine and Joe's conversation I don't actually think it was about because he's a promoter Yeah, he knows I sell tickets and he probably knows that I sell you know a lot of tickets so, but the conversation we had was, I don't feel that it was business. Like I was good. Like I said, I was going for a bit of a bad patch. And um, he just said to me, look, like, why don't you go down and trade with Ray? He's like, you so, know. Um, McMill's open down in the yeah, basement. Yeah, down in the basement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, actually, at the time he was still over at Sheerness. Oh, was he? Oh. Um, why don't you go over there and train with um, with Ray? I think you'll really get on with him. And, you know, I'd, I'd sort of seen Ray on the scene. I remember being over Rumbles when he used to train... Gavin Tate. Yes. Oh, yeah. And he used to come yeah. over and Scotty Walford, you know, I was a massive fan of Scotty and Vinnie Walford and I used to follow him everywhere when they were signed by Maloney. I was, I really had a boxing bug and I used to follow him all up and down the country. And I used to see Ray come into the gym with Gavin and, and, um, and, you know, be his coach sparring and stuff. And then like, so when I used to go out to shows, I used to see Ray, you know, on the circuit. So I sort of always knew who he was, but I never really had a chance to actually get chatting to him. Um, and yeah, so I ended up going over and training with Ray. With Ray, um, how did you find it? Click instantly? Yeah, I think with Ray, um, you've only got to be in his presence for about a minute before you realise the absolute um, heart, and he's the nicest man I think you'll ever meet, especially in boxing, Um, and his passion for the game. And this, uh, like an innocence behind it, like he wants nothing but the absolute best. If if he decides he's training you, or if if there's anything he can do to help you in any way, yeah, you're getting a hundred percent of his time and his energy. So yeah, instantly, um, I think we we hear off, and I think he could also see the you know I had hardly any air in my head, and I think he could in, he could see how much of a rough time I was going through as well. I think that sort of helped. Um, so yeah, um, the little time I was with Ray, he really become quite a massive influence in you know not only my boxing but like my personal life as well. Mm. You know the sort of person you could ring up and just have a chat with about anything, and I was, said he'd give you his time. We had him on. Um, he speaks so well as well. So I'll give a little shout out to Ray. Um, we had him on, and he um, the way he describes it is if he has that feeling with someone that he trains, yeah. then it just becomes so easy. And see, so sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's like you, you have that. And I, I don't actually hear – There's n- every time I think Ray gets brought up, especially with us, uh, like yeah, yeah. we're quite a closed circuit, um, never hearing anything negative. It's always positive. Oh. Even for helping us, the yeah, podcast, yeah. he's been absolutely yeah. fantastic. I can't- I can't imagine that anyone could have anything bad to yeah, say true, about him. Yeah, true, yeah. You know, he's, he's that much of a, a genuine person, mm. right? And, it, and I think even in life, it's, it's rare enough, but I think we all know what the boxing scene's like. In boxing, it's, you know, it. if you're with them, you're with them. And then you if you're not, you, your arsehole's fell out and, you know, you're no good and you've gone downhill, you've gone backwards and like all this sort of stuff. And Ray's just not that, you know, mm. even if you even if you're not with him, He's still got nothing bad to say. Yeah, that's true. Um, and there's, I, I won't name names. There are definitely people out there that you can see, you can sit back, and if he wanted the opportunity, he, yeah, he could, yeah, yeah. but he doesn't. He and doesn't, I, yeah. I respect that. I respect that because there's not many people out there that are like that as well. No, that's right. So you start, you, Simon Joe. Yep. You're Simon working Joe. with Ray. Yep. 
And then you come to your second yep. pro fight. Yep. Um, I think we were supposed to box and something happened before. So I'd had quite a bit of time in, with Ray. Um, and I think he knew it was a bit of psyche, like with me. So he was like constantly in my head. Like not only was he training me mentally, uh, physically, sorry, he was also training me men- mentally, you know, like, and we had lots of conversations about taking in the moment, you know, and just enjoying it. And even if you can stop your opponent, like, it's not, it's not like match fixing, but he's like, look, I want you to go and enjoy every round of this fight. It's like every minute of every round, I want you to really soak in, enjoy it. Like, rather than, you know, that moment I had in your call where I looked around and was like, whoa, like, yeah. it was, enjoy it you know but that's that's the point of the journeyman to be like you you say that people have like yeah. 40 losses but you're yeah. like well you you're trying to build a pro to become yeah, yeah. and if you look at all the pros apart from if you're olympians if you're an olympian maybe of because then you sign with your matron yeah, but it's yeah. a small hall you need that or yeah. you just i think my whole mindset had all started really changing by this point as well because I've, I've said it quite a lot like and um i believe this in my heart um I boxed, but I was never a boxer okay. by this point. And yeah. I mean, you've only got to look at Louis Green. I'll give Louis Green a shout out mm. for you know his performance last week. Yeah. That that there, yeah. that there was a fighting man. Yeah. That that there's a fighting man. And uh, I wouldn't want to insult people like him and put myself in the same bracket. I'm on about by this point in my my mm-hmm. my boxing. I was I knew that I was never going to be you know world champion or you know like I knew my limits and you know, my age and stuff. I think mine was just about getting back in there and enjoying it and enjoying it mm. rather than actually, you know, do I think at this point that I could have gone in and put a performance in like that? Do I think that I had the, the grit and determination? I, I don't think I, I did, you know, um, and that's testament to people like Louis and Adam Dingsdale and people yeah. like that. That's good. Self-reflecting as well. Like you have to give testament to self-reflecting. Not many yeah. people will have that self-reflection and go, okay, this is where yeah. I stand. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, at a point in my boxing life, I feel like I put myself amongst, you know, and I do believe, like I said, I said before, and, and, you know, since we've been talking, I'm massively underachieved through no fault but my own. Um, but I just wanted to go in there and I've got my kids and I wanted them to see me win. They yeah. watched me, my first pro fight, lose, and, you know, and I just really wanted to go out there and, and, and get a win. So Where was it? Maidstone or Moat Park, yeah. Moat Park, yeah. And I was actually boxing Ricky Leach, who oh, yeah. I've known for oh. years. I, but you know, it's it's boxing. You know, yeah. he's a general by this point. He needs paying. I need an opponent. <laughs> it didn't. It wasn't supposed to be that way. I think Joe had tried finding me um, some suitable opponents, and like we've spoke about now, it's like um, Joe didn't want to throw me under the bus this time because I was actually really looking to kick on, you know, and 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 really you know, push on, it was sort of my last chance and there'd been, without naming any names at this point, there'd been some people that had just been put forward to box for the Southern Area title at the same weight as I was boxing at and it was like, I'm looking yeah. at these fighters thinking to myself, right, well, I spar, I spar these guys and I know... What weight are you? I'm super featherweight by this point. Okay, I know, all right. Yeah, because well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to sound disrespectful in yeah, any no, sort of way. It's but one of them ones, though, isn't it? But I'm looking and thinking, that's fine. I just wanted to know yeah, where you was at. I, 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 I know it is. I can win this fight. Like, I, I know what happens, like, sort of in these spas and stuff. And, um, you know, this person's actually a good friend of mine. And, you know, like, yeah. but I'm looking, and I think more, not necessarily looking at him and judging our spas. I think it was more just like a, a level of capabilities of mm. myself rather than him. Yeah. And, you know, like, my style against a lot of these other people and, you know, I feel like at this point, that division at, at domestic level was wide open. There wasn't no It still no is real, now. Yeah. yeah. It still is now. They, they say you've got a, a good, good opportunities if you're at that weight to, like, kick on and do well yeah, as well. Yeah, which, to be honest, which is why I char- targeted that weight when I mm. come back. I didn't want to do lightweight. I thought to me, I looked at that weight and I thought, if I can get myself down to nine stone two or whatever it was at the time... I mean, I was foolish enough to make championship weight to prove to myself I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have to come in at nine stone two. I think I was coming at nine stone four. But uh, I come in at nine stone two. And um, yeah, I, I targeted that weight and I wanted to make championship weight just to make sure that I could do it and it was it was going to be comfortable for me. But yeah, um, so, so I thought it was super feather. So how come 
didn't kick on COVID or yeah. COVID hit. So um, yeah, I won. I boxed Ricky Leach, and he, he was a, he was he made me work work for it. But we we all know what it is. Um, Ricky Leach is uh, a lot better than his record oh, suggests. He, yeah, and, and if we, he wants to come and give you, um, you know, he will. You know, he really is a lot better than, and he can take a punch. He can give a punch. Um, I worked for that win. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I boxed really well. Um, and then I come out and Joe was saying to me that the, um, was it the Boxer Series or something? What, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. That First one was a lot of weight, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and he was really good, Joe, at getting his boxer opportunities and he, he still is, you know. Yeah. You know, look at the people like um, Grant Dennis got to the final. Lenny, Lenny, Lenny got, got to the, to the final. final. Yeah. So it was like, they look at your ticket sales, don't they? And, uh, you know, as long as you can sort of sell some tickets and, yeah. you know, so Joe said, basically said to me, Zach, like, I think we've got a good chance here of getting you into this. And I was like, right, this is it. I'm going to push on here. And yeah, within, I think within like a month, COVID had hit. Right. So, and I'm, you know, this time I'm 35. Like, time's running out for me. I'm not uh, Benjamin Button. <laughs> Quite <laughs> honest. I don't know how he manages to do what he does at his age. Yeah. And, and also by this point, I'm sparring people like, and I'm I'm starting to struggle a little bit, like. And you're probably seeing the new yeah, generation. Well, I am, yeah. Through, yeah. And again, without sounding big-headed, like a lot of these, a lot of the new people coming through go back five or six years. Like, there's, you know, I'd like to think there was no sort of like they wouldn't have been good enough to sort of spar. Yeah, yeah. By this point, I'm seeing punches because I've always been quite an aggressive counter puncher. I'm seeing punches, and I'm imagine I'm moving out the way of them, but I can't land my own shots by this point and I mm. really feel like I can feel it in mm. myself that I'm sewing down so so you decide to become a coach then yeah yeah well through Covid I went from 9 stone 2 I went all the way up to 13 stone just from eating junk and not training and bulking man. yeah bulking. Bulk I'm, I'm 13 stone now yeah I'm 16 <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling there's no way I could have got back down to 9 stone um and I'm, I've sparred the likes of, you know, Charlie Shane and there's yeah. no way I want to be getting punched in the head by, <laughs> you know, the likes of um, Danny Shannon and Charlie Shane. Yeah. Like, just just not a bit of me. You know, like, it's, there's a ba- massive difference. I punch hard for for my weight. I don't punch hard for their weight. Yeah, and, fair enough. Um, I'm not a natural, you know, I'm not naturally, it's like a middleweight. So, yeah, I decided to walk away. Um, then again, I started getting itchy knuckles. <laughs> I start getting yeah, you knuckles, and I start thinking again. I start thinking, right now I'm one on one as a pro. I don't want to be one on one. I want to leave with a winning record. So um, I start thinking about boxing again, and this was only last, the turn of this year. Really? Yeah, I start oh, thinking. So we're right. in October now. Yeah, yeah, it was the beginning of this year. I started getting itchy knuckles, and I started thinking. You know, by this point, I've slimmed down a little bit. I'm now like twelve stone. Um, what did you get? I'd say, well, I think it'd be all right. Well, yeah, ten, yeah, ten, yeah. Nine, yeah. And I'm starting looking, you know, like people like Grant now are massive inspirations to you, aren't they? Like you're watching them on telly, and I do. I'm, I'm a massive boxing fan, but mm. you're like watching them, and then you're watching them, and you're thinking, why can't I do it? He's forty, like why can't yeah. I do it? I'm, you know, he's yeah, yeah. surely if he can do it, I can do it. So that was uh, my mindset at this point. I was like, right, I'm gonna get back into it. But I thought to myself, no, why don't I try and do a bit of coaching? Right? So yeah. I used to, a few years ago, I used to do a bit of coaching for the like, um, the sort of unlicensed scene. And I thought, you know, why don't I just go back in that sort of capacity? Mm. <laughs> um, so I I think I approached a few gyms. I might have put something out on Facebook and was like, has anyone got any gym space? Anyone want to do something? And um, I've known Jerome for years, you know, the um, coach down at St Mary's. We had our first amateur fights on the same show, um, boxed together for years. So um, I end up having a conversation with Jerome. And at this point, I think there's sort of the space at St Mary's for coaches. So Jerome said to me, you know, why don't I not do the unlicensed stuff? Why don't I come back down and um, and do a bit, you know, with like the, the boys at St Mary's? Yeah. So he offered me, you know, a role down at St Mary's. Um, and he left it completely up to me if I wanted to do seniors or juniors. Um, a good friend of mine, Aaron Devell, who I have to also give him a shout out. Yeah, uh, the work that that boy does in behind the scenes for St Mary's is absolutely amazing. You know, um, 
matchmaking, uh, running around. I was out with him this week. We went all the way to Camberley midweek and didn't go oh, until 11 hell. o'clock at night, taking boys sparring. You know, I remember sparring Aaron, he fucking hits hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Oh, me and Aaron have had a few moves. <laughs> yeah, he's a big boy, Aaron. Yeah, he's um, a good lad as well. Really his good passion lad. For, for the amateur game is, you know, can't be matched, I don't think. He really is. Um, so, yeah, that was a massive factor. So, I wanted to go down and help Aaron and, and you know, work with the amateurs. So, I went down and just hit the ground running down there. Um, Obviously, I've got a massive um, history with the club. There's still pictures of me on the wall from when, you know, I was, Fucking you know... I bet that feels nice walking in. Yeah, it does, yeah. I get a bit of time to reflect, look around and look, read the, you know, the newspaper clips and the wall and stuff about mm-hmm. you and um, picture of me and Lloyd Hannigan on, on the wall when I won Boxer of the, Boxer of the Day at um, Lord Mayor's Show in London, you know, at 14, 15. Um, massive history there. Massive mm. history. And I think... That's the that's a big factor for me. Going back and giving to a club that that give me so much, um, and the club's on the up massively. It really is on again, the up now. Again, I've, the club's always been like I know. I remember growing up, Golden Gloves, St Mary's was always yeah. the two that got spoke about. Yeah. St Mary's seemed to, I think, because because Johnny Armour come out of St Mary's. It's always had that reputation, yeah. and I think that was where it was able to attract yeah. more and more. And then you hear more and more good lads come yeah, out of St yeah. Mary's, and you're like, "Holy shit! Yeah. You are churning some yeah, they fucking." Are. Yeah. And I think it's done a bit of a cycle. I'm not saying it ever really fell off as such. No, but like now, you know, in the last year, we got um, the Atoma brothers, didn't you? Yeah, well, they've come out of there. Look what they've done. Yeah, exactly. You got the um, Paul Coyle. Yeah, Paul Coyle. That's who I was about to give a shout out to. Yeah. And honestly. Um, we're trying to get Johnny on. I'm yeah, like, I need a message. Yeah, well, I might be able to help you out there when he's. I've got his blowing. Paul Coyle, I mean, absolute yeah. talent. Like when I'm talking about talent, it's so natural, and you know they're from a fighting family. Yeah, which, you know, um, and there's a few kids down there I'm looking at now, going like these kids could be superstars. Like, I honestly think if Paul Coyle keeps his head down, and um, He's such a down-to-earth kid anyway, but if he can manage to keep his feet grounded, um, I think he can go all the way. What he done last season um, was unexpected. You know, I can't remember his actual record, but he'd had under 10 bouts and um, he didn't win the developments. And when he went into, you know, into the next set of championships, I don't think he was expected to win them. And last year, he won the national championships. Then he went on to win the three nations and then he went to the Europeans and, you know, you look at his performances throughout all these com- competitions. I don't think anyone really took he it. He looks like he hits hard as well. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, we also had um, Jalen Howe last year, won it with a championship. Uh, those, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, again, um, I've only been down there 10 months and um, just looking at some of these kids, you can really see, you know, they're, they're going places. So... I think we've probably answered the question. What is next for you? Is it just the coaching or yeah, yeah. Or are um, you getting them itchy knuckles? I am, but honestly, um, I can put my hand on my heart and say um, the buzz I get from training these amateurs uh, is far greater than any buzz I ever felt as a, as, a, as a boxer myself. You know, it really is addictive and, you know, it's such a family vibe down there. Um yeah, I, I, I definitely will never box again. I've lost, and also I've lost that. It was a massive transition for me, like I said, being Zeki the boxer. Yeah. To being, I remember the first time I said to someone, no, I don't box anymore. It was like a weight had been lifting off my shoulders. Yeah. It was like I'd finally managed to shake off that because it is a bravado and it is a, I, I look back now and I'm like, why did I, why was I so keen to keep the tag? Like, even if I, like, say, for example, if I wasn't training yeah. and someone come up to you, like, you'd be out and they'd be like, you right, Zach, where are you boxing? And I'd, you'd just almost lie and be like, yeah, well, I'm just in the gym ticking over. And I look back and I'm like, why did I feel the yeah. need to be Zeki the boxer? Like, it was like, it, I think it would be the only real thing I'd accomplished. So it was like, you know, you see a lot of it, don't you? I mean, it's a bit of a tricky thing to touch on, but, you know, you look at the, like, the likes of Gary Speed, it's like, when he, I'm not saying that's what happened to him, but no. it's like, I feel like, you're this footballer for all these years and then when you walk away from that, it's like you find it hard to adjust in the yeah. normal world. It's like, what are you now? Or like, I've got mates yeah, that have been in the Rick, army. Ricky Atten are the military side. Yeah, when they I come out of the military, military so it's and it's like, horrible. Yeah, you're now just a yeah. civilian as such. Like, 
I think you really struggle to find your feet. And I think this is like quite a lot of it mm. in sports. It's like when you walk away from being Zeki the boxer, it's now what am I like? Zeki the block paver or, you know, <laughs> what? you the coach. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's it now. Yeah. But now trying to get the next set of champions. Yeah, I really, I feel like through the trainers I've had over the years, um, like Charlie Rumble, when I take what I said about earlier about how he, he gets in your brain, he, the mindset he gives you, and then working with like the likes of Ray Askew, like yeah. where he's really down to the finer details and foot movement and, you know, he can teach a southpaw to be a southpaw and he can, he can look at you and your style and go, right, this is how I want you to box. Like you're, you're a body puncher, so I want you to punch to the body. I feel like I've gained a wealth of experience like, over the years and I really do feel like I've got a lot to give. Um, to the to the new mm. to the new crop coming through. So, what we like to do with everyone, are you uh, you might actually look quite like this because you're saying about your boxing passion stuff. Yeah. Uh, we like to ask everyone their perfect boxer right. via different attributes. Um, people right get put on the spot yeah. with this, I've noticed. So I should have seen this coming, since I listened to you. So should I? I've actually thought about it. So if I was to say who's got the best footwork, it can be uh, past, present, doesn't matter. Who's got the best footwork? Um, I feel like I like to be a little bit different. That's fine. I feel like Tyson, Mike Tyson, doesn't get enough credit for the footwork and the positioning he managed to get into, the positions he managed to get into to get these shots off. People look at his power yeah. a lot more than foot placement. That that come punch power? Who? Gerald McLennan. Hmm. Chin? <laughs> Chin's a hard one. Chris Eubank Senior. Boxing IQ? Muhammad Ali. Defensive work? Oh, I think you got to go with the main man, aren't you, Floyd? Mm, and uh, attacking prowess? My man, Nigel Ben. Uh, anything else on that? No, just no. thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us. It's and, been an absolute pleasure. And I'd like to also, again, plug St Mary's Boxing Club. If anyone you, needs you any details. I was thinking about yeah, that, so literally Mary's. thinking about that. Have a chat with everyone down yeah. there. Yeah, doing would, a show down there. It would be nice to get a few of these amateurs on and yeah. you know, I'm sure some of them have got a lot of stories to tell. Yeah, no, I'd be um, They don't get enough exposure, I don't think. I think it'll be yeah, players. I think it'd be good to give like we're we're we want to give people as much exposure yeah, as yeah. much like obviously it helps them, it helps us. Yeah. Everything like that. Um again, if you like the episode, uh the JMS boxing podcast, um on the socials and three pound a month. Ah, start that again. Three pound a month on Patreon. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.